This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And away we go on a great day for talk radio. We've got our panel assembled. Can't hardly wait. we got to drill down on at least a half a dozen things that are worthy of deconstructing. Joining me in the studio, David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile, a leading Toronto public relations agency. David, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Raining outside, but it's sunny in here. you got it always, always. Uh, and I'm just basking in the radiance that's coming to me from my left. Far uh, to my left. Anyway. Far, far, far to your <laughs> <All> left. <right. laughs> John Capobianco is back with us, Senior VP and Senior Partner in National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. He's been doing grassroots politics at all levels for over 20 years. Johnny, good to have you back. Good to be here, John. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And Peter Sherman, broadcaster, businessman, former MPP, and a whole lot more. How's Peter? He is great. Looking forward to sitting in your chair tomorrow, so I came to check the place out. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll keep it warm for you. That's all I am. I, I don't want to hear any more about that. All right. Listen, yeah, that's kind of disgusting if you really I drill know. down on it. Let me ask you about this story that, uh, you know, we remember all too well of the student on a field trip uh, over a year ago, uh, July 4th, 2017, from C.W. Jeffries Collegiate in Algonquin Park. It was going to be uh, a several-night stay and uh, camping, canoeing, that kind of thing. And he drowned uh, because, well, uh, he was ill-equipped to go in the water and uh, hadn't even met the uh, standards or requirement. And now the teacher's been charged with criminal negligence causing death, uh, I guess because he played fast and loose with the rules or uh, whatever it was, we... Have the authorities, after an extensive investigation, deciding to lay the charges? The family came out with a statement earlier today saying, We're relieved that the investigation has resulted in criminal charges being laid against the teacher who organized and led Jeremiah's trip. We believe these charges are warranted under the circumstances. David Wills, I'll put it to you. Uh, given that the student was ill-equipped to actually go in the water, as I say, uh, is that all on the school, on this teacher, uh, people in charge? or maybe even the parents too, for allowing their kid to go on the trip. I think there was a lot of breakdown and I think you're, you're hitting on a whole bunch of things, but what really disturbed me about that story was that it was a high percentage of students who were allowed to go on that trip that didn't pass the swim test. Right. And you know, swimming, you know, the way I looked at it with my kids was that it's a life skill and they were going to take swimming lessons, hell or high water until they finished a certain level, which was pretty high. Because this is important. Like, water can be dangerous or it can be a lot of fun. And I think the fact that they had that, the you know, the test in place in order to go and then just completely ignored it, I think the, the charges were inevitable. All right. Uh, and so I asked, uh, it's always awkward when you want to put culpability in part on the parents, but is that some responsibility that should be borne by them, John? Well, sure. And I think I think there is a responsibility, I think, in, in all parts, to be honest with you, John. And i got to say, I'm a father of a 16-year-old, and um, 
And it's a tragedy, obviously, because the last thing you want to do is know that when you, you send your kid off to a school uh, situation and they don't come back, it's awful. But I do think, though, especially when it comes to swimming, I think, um, look, I was, I was, I missed swimming classes back when I was in school, and and my my parents knew that, and I was never a good swimmer. So whenever I was in school trips and it involved water, they were the first ones to tell the teacher, "By the way, my son can't swim, right? So be careful." So I think there is some responsibility there. But the other thing too is that there was tests and there was some mandatory tests that were supposed to be taken and that was failed. So there's got to be some culpability and there obviously was at the school level. So I think the charges were probably warranted given the investigations that went on and apparently there was extensive investigations that went on. So, um, you know, a tragedy all around, but I think that it, it will cause a bit of a chill. I think teachers and school boards now are going to be a little bit more careful and vigilant and that might be the, the best thing that comes out of this situation. All right, because the protocol that has come about, as John mentions correctly, uh, maybe allays the fears of teachers, but I don't know, Peter Sherman, there's a couple of things here. Do you think that teachers... Uh, want to make sure that everything is like airtight before students go on trips, which is as it should be and should have been in this case, but wasn't. And then there's the idea, I mentioned parental responsibility. Uh, Let's start with those two first off. Well, there's plenty of blame to go around in this whole thing. On parental responsibility, uh, I'm going to tell my story as well. I I brought up two kids, and and they were water babies. We had a pool in the backyard. They both got scuba licenses. I'm a big water sports guy. So, And they went to summer camp, all camp, all, all season, every year. So the water, the the aspect of safety in the water was a big deal. And yes, we took our parental responsibility. And I think it is incumbent on parents, even the ones who don't swim or don't swim well, to make sure that they do. A. B, you talk about the school. There's supposed to be a swim test uh, at the school level in town for every kid in high school. But that's that's never been lived up to. However, there should have been, uh, and now is it's mandated, a swim test on site under the tutelage of an, an adult in supervision. In other words, the charge that's been leveled against this, this teacher, Mills, um, would probably not be there this year because it probably wouldn't be a drowning this year because the kids would all have had to demonstrate an ability to swim, which they didn't do last year. They didn't, they didn't have to do last year. And um, so responsibility, ultimately responsibility, I'm not even going to say culpability, rests somewhere. And, and so... Sadly, it's on the teacher. I hope he doesn't go to jail for any long time, if at all. But uh, I, I think that the family makes a correct statement um, and and, uh, and has to look at itself as well. This is a tragedy all the way around, and, and I think the school... Uh, the school board has locked the stable door after the horse is gone, and and that's that's even more of a tragedy. At least we have allayed uh, fears of it happening again. Well, but let's you know uh, project into say the teacher, maybe even the parents, and uh, this is speculative on my part, but you see it play out. This is the reality of a situation: kid can't swim, but his classmates, his friends, his peers are going on a trip. How do you say no? And that's the pressure here, because you don't think anything like this is going to happen. That's just an assumption. You don't build that into the equation. Do you think that that's part of the problem? Because a teacher, and look, I don't want to prejudge here or anything, but sometimes adults can't say no anymore to kids, or even fearful of maybe uh, being positioned as a blue meanie because this particular kid 
doesn't get to go. Uh, do you think that kind of pressure is brought to bear, John? Oh, without a doubt, John. I think at the end of the day, uh, social media and the age that we're living in now, especially our kids, that whole peer pressure is is significant. And and to have you know, and to be in a in a situation where you've got thirty of your classmates and you know half or two thirds of them are swimming and the other ones aren't, and you don't want to be the one left out because for some you know you'd be ribbed on uh, on social media. So that plays a huge factor. But I also think that schools should know that and it should should ought to be prepared for those kinds of things. It should have special activities that while some kids who are allowed to swim are swimming, the other ones who aren't are away and doing some other activity so that they're not mixing and mingling, they're not seeing one another. There's, there's ways of being able to do it Again, as a parent, as somebody who uh, obviously is very sensitive to this kind of an issue, um, you know, but again, the tragedy is that it happened and, and, and the school has to be a bit more uh, vigilant towards this. But I think this is a lesson learned for all school boards. All right. And, you know, David, I'm thinking like uh, everybody goes on a ski trip, but Jimmy forgot his helmet. Uh, he's got his skis and all the other stuff. And so how do you leave him in the chalet at the bottom of the hill? You're going to let him take a few runs, which is ill-advised, but you know that happens. I, I do, and I think Jimmy should sit in the chalet, like the, you know, tough, right? Like, that's a that's a good life lesson, Well, you'd too. be a real <laughs> SOB of a teacher. Oh, you well, should have, right. bring my kids on and ask them some questions <laughs> on this. But, you know, like, you know, it was a different time. Like, when I grew up, I remember there was one kid in the school who had a peanut allergy, and they made him eat his lunch in the copier room really? uh, in order to protect him. Mm. And, you know, that was pretty harsh. And now today, of course, none of us can have peanut butter. So he can eat lunch with with everybody else. I think it's also a little more prevalent. But I think you know the ski the ski helmet example is it the 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 downside is too great, and we're seeing this in this tragedy of a story. That but it was you know there was more kids who failed that that swim test, right? And it it got by. So it wasn't one slipped by and this happened. It was a breakdown of the system where it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter. And maybe that's because oh they you know the, they want the bonding experience, all of these things. Or they thought, like John said, maybe we can separate them out. All good intentions doesn't matter. The, those rules are there for a reason, and I think that this one, you know, we're we're all going to learn and suffer from from a long time. Right out of tragedy, a wake up call for sure. Uh, probably necessitated, obviously, by the the consequences. I want to come back, of course, a tragedy that befell the community on Sunday night. Uh, there's a lot of reverberations from that. I mean, we've talked about how to address, you know, these kinds of issues, whether it's mental health and so on and so forth. There's an interesting op-ed piece today in the National Post, and it talks about having sympathy for the parents because they, too, are victims, essentially. I wanted to come back and address that with our panel. John Capobianco, Peter Sherman, David Wills, here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I went to the funeral uh, for that boy, and I met his family, and I stood next to his casket, quite frankly, and... It was just one of those things where you said to yourself, that kind of thing shouldn't happen. 